Yo, yo, it's Sunday night, and tomorrow's a work day, and this shit sucks, major ball dicks. I am Gregory. So all my good people out there, welcome back. We're going to settle in for a nice little conversation, a little one-on-one time, as we always do. So, get your cigar, pour yourself a small drink. Turn the TV off, put your feet up, put your slippers on, put your house coat on, and just relax. Let's just kick it, because like I said, it's Sunday, and for those of us who work a 9 to 5, know that we only got about 5 more hours left before the bullshit starts, so let's see what happens. And fuck, let's, let's talk about that shit. I'm in the mood to talk about it, obviously, because I started off with that. Let's talk about what happens here. Let's talk about what it means and why we do it, and... Why we continue to do it instead of just rebelling against a machine and taking our lives back? Oh, every week, weekend comes, and all of us that work a nine to five, that's the guys that work Monday through Friday or Saturday through Thursday. It doesn't matter when your weekend falls. Just know that you have a weekend that comes and you have to start a five day cycle over again. The rat races, they call it. Chasing that cheese on that wheel, a little hamster, trying to acquire stuff better than the next man or things you think you need and things you want or have to need, have to get to survive. We all do it to some degree. Now, why? Why don't we rebel against the machine? Simple. It's a perfectly laid plan. It's a perfectly oiled machine. All the gears are spinning. The economy set up, the world set up like that. The e-commerce systems are set up like that. To where you have to work just enough to get just enough to do just enough and live just enough above the poverty line, if you're fortunate. Or just enough below the poverty line to not die. But it doesn't have to be that way. I don't know. I'm beginning to think it doesn't. And I know where the problem started, or where it starts, at least where it starts for me. I um really started thinking about this when um, my son decided to take a leave of absence from his POS job. Now, I'm calling it a POS because he's 18, and every POS job you have is usually between 18 and 23 when you're doing some dumb, medium, uh, dumb shit just to get a little money. Mm. It's typically your first introduction to work, and you realize how much you hate it, and then eventually you quit. My POS job was at a grocery store. I wasn't even 18. I was 16. But I had a second POS job just in case the first POS job didn't leave a good enough impression on me. And that was at a, a restaurant washing dishes. And if you never worked at a restaurant and washed dishes, you have not suffered. Unless you worked at a fast food restaurant, then my apologies and thoughts and prayers go out to you. And all the years and pain and suffering that you endured. But here, here's what he says to me. I pick him up one day from work, and my son's a little outgoing, a little outside-the-box thinker. Looks, um, I don't want to say eccentric, but he's a little aggressive in his thoughts and his actions. And he says something to me to the extent of, um, how do you word this? I'm taking a month off work. So my first thought is I look at him and say, what the fuck are you talking about? But I didn't say that because you're a parent. You can't say that shit. Well, at least they say you can't. It's not in the book. I, didn't, I haven't found it in the book. I think it's a part of the ethics part of it, but... I wanted to say that, but instead, I started listening, and I asked a question. I said, why? What you thinking? He says, man, I just know just the job sucks. I hate doing the same thing over and over again. 
I go to work every day. I don't really talk to these people here. I mean, I, I talk to them some not sometimes, but not really. This is what he's saying. I just talk to them just enough to keep the day going. The end of the day, I go home. It's not that serious. I don't know you people like that. I'm just here to work. So I'm like, shit, you figured out the game. Please tell me more. I'm curious to see how your mind works. So he goes on, and he's like, you know, it just gets boring. And every day I do the same thing. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. And eventually I get tired of it. Then he hits me with this one. He says, man, it would make sense if you could, like, work three months and then take a month off or two months off and then come back and work another three months. Now, my first thought was to respond by saying, how are you going to pay for your house, your food, your car, your insurance, your lifestyle, your living expenses, all that stuff? But I didn't do that because, well, for one, he doesn't have any of these. I have these for him. I keep the little fucker alive. So, <laughs> it's not something that's on his plate. He's not thinking about that. So, I just focus on the thought and the idea and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the motivation behind this. The motivation was the fact he hated his job. And he's trying to figure out a way to not work. And this isn't a, really a new concept. Uh, a lot of careers feels work part of the year. Um, basketball players, baseball players, hockey players, football players. Okay, all right, I've never really, really, really exclusive positions and jobs that, that most of us don't get. But teachers, electricians, plumbers, mill workers, electricians, uh, not electricians, but carpenters, uh, they work part of the year. Some people are investors, uh, truck drivers, they work sometimes on, sometimes off. So I started thinking, I was like, huh, maybe he has something, maybe he has something right here. And while all jobs, all careers are like that, I mean, hospitals don't work like that, but maybe there's an opportunity where in the future, certain jobs will be catered to this generation of folks who just want to work a little while and then do fun stuff. Like, think about what we do now. We work year-round, and we get vacation time, and we take vacations throughout the year. Sometimes you never take a vacation, but sometimes you take a day vacation. If you're fortunate, you take a vacation, go somewhere for fun, you know, hang out, have a good time for a week or maybe two weeks. Uh, but for the most part, you're working um, the entire year. Full-time, I think, is like 20, 80 hours a year, 2,080 hours, I think somewhere like that. So you maybe get 40 hours out of the year. Let's say you take 80 hours. So you work 2,000-plus hours a year. All to get, you know, four weeks of vacation. No, two weeks of vacation. That's 80 hours, right? 80 hours, 40 hours, 80 hours. Yeah. So you get that, and you enjoy, you have to enjoy it. But you plan these things out. Now, I do know some people who take regular scheduled vacations and take two a year, and they're like clockwork. But I also know a lot of folks who go to work every day and every time off, and they build a vacation time, and they never use it. I'm one of them motherfuckers. So he was on to something. And what he was really focusing on was his happiness and well-being. Personal comfort. Quality over quantity. So, if you think about it like that, eh, there's something to it. Now, maybe I'm too far down a rabbit hole in my age to change that. And maybe my generation wouldn't afford it, that, that, wouldn't be afforded that luxury. And if they were, maybe they wouldn't. So, I mean, thinking about it, maybe that's something for the future generation to, to attack and then to follow up on. Because other countries do it. 
think we are one of the few countries that work, 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 work. Buy shit, buy shit, buy shit. Get shit, get shit, get shit. Here's a new iPhone. Here's a new car. Here's a new clothes. Here's a new this. Who's new that? Get all this stuff because you need this stuff because it's new. It's better than the last year's stuff. So you got to get this one because this one does what that one didn't do. And look at the way they present it. It looks so much better than the one that you're holding on to. That actually we told you was the best, but it's not the best anymore. This is the important one. And you go to work, you go to work, you get the credit cards, the finances, and finance more stuff, and the other loans, the other credit lines, so you can buy all this stuff. And then you're forced to work every day to pay for the stuff you have. And most of the stuff you have, you don't want. Most of the stuff you don't want, you don't even need it. These are things to have to show that you've accomplished something. Pause and catch your breath for a minute there. And I'll have a sip. So, think about it. If this generation focused more on what they want as an individual and less on the material then theoretically they can create a an, an, an environment where you work less. Here's my case in point. Here's an example. Okay, okay. I once had this business venture, and I'm not going to go into details and specific about it, specifics of, but I did very well. did pretty well in it for a while. And I did so well that work, my check and work didn't matter to me. They weren't, well, I'm not going to say it didn't matter because it's money. But what it did is it gave me the opportunity to see what really matters, what, what I'm really trying to accomplish. And I remember this, I recall this day where I was standing in my garage, I was looking around, and I realized that all the things that plagued me, all the, 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 the issues of the day, like grocery, you know, paying your bills, managing your mortgage, all that stuff that you deal with on a regular basis, they were gone. And I wish everyone could feel that feeling I had then because at that moment I said to myself what do I have to worry about now that was my thought what do I have to worry about now we all want to play the lottery and win mega million dollars and have enough money to take care of our entire family and never have to work again and go on vacations and have this dream life the odds of that happening are slimmer than slim than slim than slimmer than slim, slim, slim. You have a better chance of growing a gold hair out of your head than winning the lottery or Powerball. I mean, that's just statistically speaking. You, you, yeah, that's your odds. So, while that is a dream, a pie in the sky dream, the reality was I didn't make Powerball money. Shit, are you kidding? I wouldn't even be right here talking to you right now if I did. I made enough money to make me realize that. This life can be a lot easier with just a few percent more than what I already had. And at that point, I said, oh, my goodness. The the euphoric feel that came over me was so great that I didn't know what it was. It was kind of like what I call your first time. It was that first time feeling. I had that feeling in decades. But that was the first time feeling for a motherfucker. And I'm going to tell you, it felt great. Now. It took a lot of work to get to that point, and it wasn't last. It wasn't a forever feeling. But it was a moment, almost like a glimpse, to show you what it can be. Mm. So, with that mindset going into it, that approach, I um, I kind of took upon this adventure upon myself. And I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but I mean, I'm, and it's 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 you 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 keep up. You'll keep up. I think this approach that life can mean more than work. And I'm a crunch, and then I crushed it down into time frames, and it got really depressed when I did this. But I crushed it down into quality of life and significant years, and what we do with those years. Like, I, when I looked at my time from like age 
let's say 15 to 30, I was learning how to do things, being exposed to new things, accepting new things, and finding my way. Finding career-wise. At 15, I was in school, high school, trying to figure out what I want to do, what I want to learn, how smart am I, what am I good at, what am I bad at, what do I like, what don't I like. Uh, after that, I went off, got out of school, you start working, go to college, take college courses, do whatever you want to do, and you start getting involved in life. Learn, learn more, about, more about myself, what I like in life, what life has to offer, what opportunities are out there, what can be mine if I do certain types of tasks, whether I work this way, do this, or learn this craft or trade or whatever. Trying different things. In that phase of life, I tried different jobs. Um, try different fields. That's the time of life when you're learning who you are, what you like, and what you really want. At the end of it, I didn't know. But I had a better idea than I did in the beginning. By the time I was 30, I found a spot. So that's the beginning of your life. 30 to 45 is you holding your craft. I mean, what I mean by that is whatever field you go into, that's when you really get good. That's when you really become the shit. Um... Uh, well, if you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not multi, I'm not in multiple fields. I mean, I'm only in a technical field, but I know for myself and speaking for myself, that was years, maybe my late twenties too. Cause uh, like back it up, a lot of what I put, apply in my 30 to 40 year, 30, the next 15 years from 30 to 45, that's what I learned in my twenties. Like I learned so much in my twenties, but I didn't know how to use it. In my late twenties, early thirties, I really put it to work. So. My philosophy, my theory goes 30, 45. It's when you really start putting shit together. And I, and the 45, although I haven't, I'm not 45. I use the number 45 because my grandmother used to always say this thing where she says, you know, Gregory, if a man don't make it by the time he's 40, he's a failure. And I always stuck that, stuck with that, you know. And I when I hit 40, I was still climbing. I was still going up. So I say my grandmother's number was based off of a, a generation that she grew up in. So I adjusted that for inflation, so to speak. So I pushed it to 45. And I'm like, okay, at 45, I'm still so good at what I'm doing and getting so much better that this is where I am. This is where I project to be by that number. So at 45, I'm still in the, I'm in the middle of my life. People say 50 is the halfway point. And respectfully, that's bullshit because very few people become uh, centurions. And if you live to be 100... I'm, well, I'm going to get to that point in a minute. But if you live to be 100, you're fucking lucky. Um, case in point, my grandmother lived to be 91. Both of my grandmothers lived to Both of my grandmothers, 91 and 92. So, um, yeah. So, what was that? 45. So, at 45, you are you are essentially the best that you can be, more or less. You can learn new things at 47, 49, 50. But you are just like, you're like the best it's kind of like taking a car that has the best engine, like a hemispherical engine, like a Hemi, and then saying, build it on that. That engine was the best that it was going to be at some point. Improvements are already, improvements can be made over time, but it is based off of its best potential, its best moment. It hits a point where it is the best, the foundation of what makes it a great engine. It's always going to be at a certain point in time. After that, you can improve upon it, but you're improving upon a technology that has been found to be efficiently, sufficient, efficiently designed and perfected as close to the level of perfection reached. Well, to have reached the closest, to have reached, to have obtained the closest level of perfection that you can as a human being. It can get no better. You can only improve upon it, but not on the foundation. If that makes sense. So, at 45, you're doing. So forth, so on. Case in point, I also had another employer, another employer of mine one time. I was 21 and I had a guy working with me when I was 42. 
he was well, I was 22, maybe 44, I can't remember, but he was twice my age. And it was a time for us both, by the way, this is a tangent, I'm going off on a side note here, I'm going to pull off on the side of the freeway for this story. But my manager had to let one of us go. And it was myself, this gentleman, uh, the manager, and another co-worker. So it was four of us, three people and the manager. And they let the dude at 44 go. And afterwards, my manager pulled me into the office and he asked me, he told me, he said, uh, we asked me, he said, do you know why we let him go instead of you? And I told him, he said, I don't know, I'm 21 years old, 21, 22, I don't know, fuck, I'm shit, I'm just waiting to see who gets to go. And he said to me some words that I will never forget for the rest of my life because I, because I feel that it will ha- it can potentially happen to me one day in my life, uh, which is why my approach to young people is different than what his was. He said to me that this gentleman was as good as he was ever going to be. And his level of good in his early 40s, I think for, let's call it 42, was maxed out. My upside was greater because I was young and dumb and I could be taught. His was fucked up because... He was whatever age was, 42, and he wasn't sufficient. So it, technically, a hit, him at 21 was far dumber than I was. Or maybe he was just like I was at 21, but he just never grew. So I took that, and I applied that through life. Um, I want to say this, too, before I go back to my original point. So we're at 45. Where I'm at 45 point. I'm going to the end of the story. But I... Um, I always think about that when I'm learning new things and when I'm dealing with people in their 20s. I never look down on people who are in their 20s like, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, I listen to them. I pay attention to what they're thinking because they are me. They were me at some point in time. So um, just something to keep in mind for your folks my age and older. So um, back to my story. So I started at 15, learning, 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 30, 30, 30, 45, all right, middle of life. Okay, so. From 45 to the end of your career, you're some, well, there are people who do different things. There's some that rest in their laurels. There are some that are so good that they refine how they do their position, their job, and they stick with it and people um, come to them for support. There's some people that are so smart that you will never realize how smart or how dumb they are because they're just so intelligent. And then there are others who just coast through. But Typically, at some point in time in your life, you just find a way to just exist without improving. It's hard. It's called the, the change. I call it the, the, the resistance to change. So, all these things happen in your career. Now, between 45 and retirement age, depending on what year you were born, that varies. What happens is, you're just working. So take those years from 45 on down, all those exciting years where you're young, you're learning things, you're excited and aggressive. Fucking forget them. Because they don't matter anymore. The years that you really are focusing on are 45 to the end. Now, here's where I go back to my son's comment about working part-time a year and then having some time off. Or working full-time for some time and then having some time off. Here's what I think. I feel that if, using my scenario, if I were working and could say, let's start January 1, January 1. If I worked every three months and a month off, I'm working that three quarters, that would break the year into three quarters. Four, eight, 12 months. So, for every 12 weeks I work, I get four off. 
So I work January, February, March, I'm off April. Then May, June, July, I'm off August. September, October, November, and I'm off December. What would that do to me? Not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not applying this in general across the board to all people, just to me. But I can only speak for me because this is my scenario. If I knew in January I was off in a month in March, month of March, my 90-day working would be um, more effective and more efficient for the first 60 to 70 days. Maybe even 80. I'm glad I don't have a month coming up and you always work down. We're human beings. We're not machines. But if I had a month off of work, and let's say my pay was just the same pay, the same pay, maybe and maybe during that first three months, the, the days of the week, are, the, your hours are expended from eight hours a day to eight and a half to account for that month you're off. I don't know. Whatever the math works out. Let's just say it's extended to account for that 80 hours, um, 40, 80, 160 hours, 160 hours spent over three months. So... Let's just say, just for argument's sake, forget the number. Just to say, you work harder to take more time off. I would feel that um, my life would have more meaning. And I'd have more energy. And I'd be more creative. And I'd be able to do things that I don't have time to do now. So, like, forget vacations. Or let, 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 let's just say that vacation time doesn't exist because you get a month. So there's your time. There's your extra vacation time. There's your extra month, uh, roughly. Um, but let's think about this. Like, okay, so I'm going to give myself a, 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 a sample hobby. Let's say, nah, I'll use a real one. Let's say I like woodworking. I like woodworking. I do. It brings a peace of mind to me. I never thought I would, but I always, I always like making things. Let's say my thing is woodworking. All right. So I know in, in April, I have the full month off to do my hobby and or anything else I want to do. Okay. So now what I don't do, do through January, February, and March is come home after work and try to do a little work, woodworking here or a little bit of something here or a little bit of something there. What I do instead is I work my ass off at my job for 90 days. And any of us who've worked for more than 10 years, you can work 90 days hard as hell. We do it anyway. Now you have an added incentive for knowing you had the month of March off, April off. April, April, March, April. So now, my days are work days. My days are focused on my career. Because I know in April, I have a month off. And in April, I can do whatever I need to do. I can sleep in. I can watch TV, TV shows. I can uh, continue education. I can take up hobbies. Or... I can work on my side business. Now, that puts us into another area. Another question, another um, another area of personal growth and personal satisfaction that has been often um, overlooked. But let's go here. Now, I mentioned that this allows me to work on my private personal business, personal projects. Now, why do I say that? I don't about vacation. I haven't mentioned vacation time. I ain't mentioned that shit yet. I haven't mentioned vacation because this this starts this this work project will start for everyone. Uh, your first job at 24, 22, whatever. Refresh out of college. This is the work schedule. 
Now, it's been um, it's been something that it's been familiar. It's been um, not familiar, but it's been obvious to me that most of my energy has been has been in my twenties and thirties. As I got older, I get less energetic about certain things, less risk taking, and some of that. So, if you're if, if I were to say if I it was a okay, I started a job at I'm twenty three years old and working, and I have. All this knowledge in my head, I've learned from school and personal law, knowledge, education. In April, I have all this time to pursue my dreams, my dream job, my career, my side, my side hustle, so to speak. So now I can start to build a revenue stream for myself that allows me to get out of the rat race. Hence, actually, I think there will be a possibility that the rat race wouldn't be the rat race that we know it today if that opportunity was available. And I'll tell you what. I feel this. That I feel that. If I'm a really good, let's say, if I'm a really good uh, carpenter, okay, and I go to the carpentry trade school, I become a certified car, good car, uh, certified or a licensed carpenter, and I work for the first year on job sites. Now I start learning how to do build garages, houses, uh, sheds, or work on some commercial sites. I understand how to do a lot of different jobs and I've had the experience. Now if I'm 23 years old and I start realizing man this this, this house man this is a big ass house this house cost 400,000 and man my boss getting paid like big money for this. Shoot dude you know you can make like $5,000 building a garage shoot you can build a garage in the weekend. Now you have a month that you can do that. You can't do that now. You can't do you can't have a full time job and a side time job and be effective at it. And I can prove it. My mother had her kitchen redesigned. Not redesigned. Re, um, remodeled. About four years ago. Maybe longer than that. I forget. But for this, our argument's sake, it's four years ago. And she hired a guy who was good at doing kitchens, but he had a job. So what he would do is work on the weekends, some weekends, and work after work, after work during the week, some days. And it took forever to get her kitchen done. At the end kitchen suffered because it wasn't as good as it could be because this dude was working a full-time job and trying to make money on the side and he was older so he wasn't young he didn't have the energy that a young person would have so her kitchen suffered because his availability was limited his energy was limited and his um motivation was low because he gets on work and he's tired on the same under the same scenario, if that dude knew that he was off for the month of April, he could book two or three kitchen jobs and have three jobs going in the month of April and make himself ten, twelve thousand dollars in April alone. See what I'm saying? See what I'm getting at? He has the skill, he doesn't have the time. And a job as it is today doesn't afford you time. So that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm really saying. You know, if you have time, I mean if you're a programmer and you're working for a Fortune 500 company, company or just a regular company and you're working hard, you're making good money for them, you're really good at what you do and you can do anything that they need, it's not a big deal, and you're making good money from them, let's say you make $105,000, $115,000 a year, you're less, you're less um, likely to go and take on added work on the weekends of making $15,000 for a side job or $10,000 for a side job unless you really need it because... Um, your time is limited, your quality of life will be impacted, and you don't have the energy to do both. Some people do. I'm not going to say that some people, oh, no one does, but uh, some people do. 
There are several people that do that. But even if you take those people that do that work and give them a three-month on, one-month off schedule, they would have so much more energy and be so much more productive. Now, there's a dark side to this. There's a dark side to the whole thing. And I, I would be remiss if I did not mention the dark side of this. For every one person that will work three months on, one month off, you could have five or ten that are going to take advantage of that system. Where they're just not going to show up. They're going to still call off when they get close to their end of their schedule. When they get close to that month off, they're, not going to, they're just not going to work that hard. So you're going to have to deal with that. Um, you may be hard to find people. Uh, some people may, not be, may be, um open to the longer schedule. And more importantly, some people may just want a regular work schedule where they work every day. Some folks may just feel like, you know what, bump this. I don't feel like not being here every month. Some folks don't have a reason to be off for a month. Some people enjoy their job so much that they don't want to leave. Some projects require certain people to be there all the time. What about managers? Managers have to be there all the time because you're managing a position, a, 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 a team. How do you stay in the loop if you're gone for a month? So it changes the, the it changes the um, career path for a lot of folks. Do you appreciate the time off, or do you appreciate being? Do you want to be management or leadership? Um, would this apply to leadership? I don't know, but it's something to think. About. It's, it's something that could potentially be a problem, be a challenge for it. So um, now another thing to think about, and I think this is a little more um, significant in this. Uh, I don't know how to even say it, you know. Um, man, I don't know, but I know. Hey, the, the other side is, you know, does it make sense from a financial infrastructural standpoint? What I mean by that is this. What is the incentive for businesses to from creating a system that allows you to grow outside of your day-to-day job? I, um, some years ago, talked to some friends of mine with a business proposition um, to make more money than they made doing what they did there in a shorter period of time. And they weren't interested. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me why. I had to think about it. You know, I had to do some deep thinking on why if an opportunity is available for you to make this, would you not want to do it? Um, Two pieces, two two um, answers came to mind. One was obviously the work schedule. You know, this current schedule that they're on requires them being available Monday through Friday and off hours. So to add another task on top of that was not something they were really keen on. But that led me to a greater discovery, which was 
that our work days are set up for us not to flourish on our own. Every one of us who has a skill, a certain ability, whether it be technical, I mean, I'm speaking technical, like I said, that's what I'm familiar with, that's my field. But there are other areas um, of folks that are certified to do certain things. Whether you're a licensed uh, registered nurse or a lawyer or a physical therapist or a masseuse or a financial advisor working for a company or something like that, all of us had some point that had to get some sort of certification to do what we're doing. Now, when people contact companies to do things, they contact the company because they don't know, they don't trust individuals or the company's name recognition makes them feel safe. But that's not everyone. Some people were like, hey, look. Some people think like, hey, look. Um, I need my taxes done. I'm not going to HR block. I want to go to a tax attorney. Or a tax guy, whatever you call him. Well, there's a tax guy that figured, man, shoot, I ain't got to work for HR block. I just charge these people $55 and do a taxes in an hour. I make $55 an hour and do a cash and make money. So that's what I'm getting. That's what I mean when I say there's skills out there. Folks have skills, skill sets. I always figured that if you went to school and paid six figures for a degree, you shouldn't be limited to using those skill sets for an employer. I mean, um, you shouldn't be sitting down at a desk, checking in nine to five or eight to five, whatever it is you do, and only using what you learn to help this company. Even some of the greatest minds who create things at work, they'll own that technology. So taking that approach, you went all these years of school, you learned how to do all this shit, you sit in the building, you learn how to create something, and then the company owns it. It was your mind that created that, your skill, your talent. But you don't own it because you're working there. Oh, I'm going to write this little bit of code for you so you can do this, do that. Oh, great. Thank you. All right. You're a great employee. Here's a thing. We'll take you out to lunch. I'm a firm believer of maintaining, of owning your skill and profiting off your skill. So, I, but I, so I feel that with the day they work uh, schedule hours the way they are, that's something that people aren't able to do. It's just not something that's afforded to you. Uh, so, maybe my kid had it right. Maybe work three months, take a month off. Just to re- if it's nothing but to recoup, regroup and recharge. Um, for physical and mental wealth, be well-being, so be it. Um, I mean, after all, like, how many meetings can you go to before you just crack up? How many times can you sit in a meeting or a conference call and be like, why the fuck am I even in this? And it's not just me. I talk to people who do the same shit. They put the shit on mute. And then one, yeah, 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 person is running their fucking mouth, talking, and everybody else on the phone just muted and doing other stuff. It ain't just my job. It's not just me. It's it's, a, it's more than me. I want I talk to people while they're on conference calls. What are you doing? I'm on a conference call. I just gotta be there. Really? Then why? The, but you're not talking. You're not listening. I know. Then why are you in the call? It's a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. So, like I said, I'm not gonna change the world, and I know this is not gonna happen in my lifetime, at least. Or at least if it does happen in my lifetime, it won't impact me. Not to the extent that I would appreciate it. But it's something to consider. I'm, I'm a firm believer 
of reclaiming your skills. I mean, employers that hire you pay you a salary. They don't pay you a salary and pay back some of your education that they're going to profit from. They basically tell you, go to school, get a fucking degree, learn how to do what we do, and then maybe we'll hire you. And if we hire you, we're going to pay you entry-level fee out of college, and you deal with all that debt you encountered, we're going to work the shit out of you to get as much as we can out of you until you figure out, until you learn better and leave us. And go somewhere else, and maybe they'll pay you more. And you get more money there. But until you, be, but you still be paying off that six-figure student loan you, deal you have, or if you're smart, you got a little less, and you just keep on going. The cycle keeps repeating itself until you get yourself right. Why is that? Why is that? When an NBA player comes out of, high, out of college, and he gets drafted, he has a rookie contract, but at some point in time, he turns around and says, hey, look, I'm working my craft all this time. This is what I want. And I grew that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a probably not the best comparison. But if you go to school and you're a programmer, and you got a school and you're working and you're in a company where you're making shit happen, I don't give a shit if you're 23, 24 years old. If you're doing what 40 year olds and 50 year olds can't do there, you gotta be paid for that. And something that could be should be considered is the fact that when you ask for your rate, you ask for your rate based off what you need, not what you think you're worth some people and I know I say that it might sound backwards some people say don't ask what you need ask what you're worth ask what you need because what you need is beyond what you want what you need is to be compensated for what you are doing what you want sometimes is less than what you need you don't know what you need you don't always know what you want but you know what you need I know it was a guy that worked uh, in an older job I had years ago, long, 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 long time ago. And he was being offered a position with the company I was with. And he was like, Greg, how much do you think I should ask for? And I told him. He said, what? That much? I said, yes. I, he said, wow, wow, I'll be happy with just this. I said, yeah, because that's what you want. But what you need is to be compensated for what you're going to do. Not what you've done. You're going to do. See, I learned that shit the hard way. The humbleness of asking for money. They're always going to talk them down. They're always going to talk you down and tell you less. So you start high. You start where you feel like you need to be. Not where you want. Because one is like, eh, that's flighty. What I want is six figures. Well, what I need is 95 (laughs)95k a year so and I know I'm using numbers and some people shy away from using numbers but I don't give a fuck I mean numbers make sense so that's kind of how I take it that's that's kind of that's where I come from that kind of that is where I come from you know um man I've learned so much in, in living in such a short period of time. And I'm fortunate enough to live in a time where things are changing so fast that you're forced to reassess or revise or review what you thought to be right just a few years ago. <sighs> Technology has changed. The world has changed. The curtains have been pulled back. So many things are being exposed. Realities are changing. Perceptions are being exposed. Realities are showing their true face. And the one thing 
that can set you behind is ignoring what's clearly in front of your face. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't fucking matter at all. No. If a 40-year-old today is talking to a 20-year-old, that 20-year-old says some shit that makes kind of somewhat sort of a sense, that 40-year-old would be a fool to, to write him off as a young person that doesn't know what you're talking about. There may have been a time when that was true. I, 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 don't, I, I don't want to say that it wasn't because I haven't been alive forever, but I can tell you right now that's not the fact. When I look at young people online or... Using the internet to make money, to make real money. When that shit started, we were kids. When I was a kid, and the opportunity was there to do the same thing, we just didn't see the writing on the wall. We didn't do it. I can't shun them. Can't shame them for freeing out the machine. So I stopped at forty-five earlier. You know, I stopped at age forty-five, and I never picked that act back up again. But I'm gonna pick it up now, and that's that's this is the perfect spot to bring it back out because the truth of the matter is. The last years of your life are 45 to 65 or 70. Call that 25 years of your life. Or 45 to 70. All come down to how you want to spend it. You know. Um, do you really want to retire at age 64? And then have a few years to live out with Medicaid, Medicare, health insurance problems, health well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I guess what I'm getting at is health challenges. Because even the healthiest person at 65 has some health concerns. Even if they're not life-threatening. Even knees are sore and your back is sore. Do you want to wait to that point in time and look at all the years you've worked and say, now I can enjoy life? Or do you want to try to enjoy life as, po- as soon as possible? And I think if you want to enjoy life as soon as possible, you know, the latter option of the two... Then that starts with looking at what you're capable of doing, what you're able to do, what you're good at, and putting that shit to work, man. I don't, I, I don't, I don't prescribe to the idea that life is behind you at a certain age. Um, I'm just a realist of how people feel or how I feel at certain ages. You know how I feel at 40 versus 20. Um, I acknowledge and recognize those changes, and then I say, shit, I can see I feel different. Let me think about what I want to do now differently so that my future is different. That's all I'm assigned. That's all that's all I'm trying to encourage. So I listen to an eighteen year old. Maybe he got something right. Maybe he's on to something. Maybe we're not meant to work every day until we die and get a gold watch or a fucking party and a cake. I've seen so many times a cake, salad, pizza, and happy retirement. We'll wish you the best. All these canned responses and nobody talks to you. Nobody cares about you when you're done other than yourself. I don't don't want that. I don't want that to be my legacy. I don't want that to be given to me when it's time for me to go. I don't want to be rewarded for um, a job well done over so many years. I can care less if they remember what I did. I just want to be able to say I beat the system. I just want to say that I won. I want to say that I walked out on my own terms. And now I can do what I want with my time, which I have plenty of left. Good years. And my life isn't a job. I'm not identified by what I did for them 
but what I did for myself. And we'll leave it on that note. I am Gregory. I'll see you tomorrow.